So here we finally are. It's nice to see your, your faces in real life and not through a computer screen for a while. Although, Trey, you look terrifying in that black mask. <laughs> here we are. In a few hours, you're going to receive the sacraments of initiation and become fully incorporated members of the body of Christ. And as we enter into this time of prayer together, here at the cusp of that celebration, I want to take this opportunity to speak to you about sacraments and about grace, about what God has planned to give to you this evening. Let's think back. What is a sacrament? You guys know the textbook definition because we've been over this, right? It's an efficacious sign instituted by Christ to give grace. But what does that mean? That they're instituted by Christ tells us, first and foremost, these aren't just rituals that the church made up. These are treasures that have been given to us by God. That their efficacious signs mean that they actually bring into effect what they signify. They actually bring it about. They make it present to us. And what do they signify? They signify grace. Grace. Grace means gift. And the gift that God gives us in the sacraments is a share in his own divine life. That's what you're preparing to receive, my brothers and sisters. Now, another way of defining sacrament is that it's a visible sign of God's grace. It's a, it's a thing in this world that we can see, that can make known to us these spiritual realities that otherwise we, we might not be aware of, that we couldn't perceive. And in that sense, there is no greater sacrament than Jesus Christ himself, God made man, the word incarnate. You see, it's part of our human nature that we are made in the image of God. So each one of us images God in our own way. But now in Christ, here is a man who's not merely an image of God, but he is God. He's not like God, but he's God present among us. Emmanuel, God with us. He is, as we profess in our creed, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father, one in being, of the same substance as the Father. And this same God, this same God-man was incarnate of the Virgin Mary, and he became man. Why? Why would he do that? For us and for our salvation. God was born as one of us. God suffered and died as one of us. God rose from the dead as one of us. And that same God, as we celebrated last week, ascended into heaven as one of us. And he now sits at the right hand of the Father as one of us. And he did all of that for us. For us. God became man so that man might become God. God took on our human nature to make it possible for us 
to share in his divine nature. But how do we do that? Well, God took on human nature by his own power. He's omnipotent. But we can't do that. We can't become divine by our own power. It's by God's power that we must do this. St. Paul says that all things are possible in Christ, and so too this is possible in Christ. We become divine in Christ by being born again in Christ, by suffering and dying with Christ, by becoming members of his body, that same body that was born of the Virgin Mary, that was crucified under Pontius Pilate, that suffered death and was buried, and that rose again on the third day. This is why God gave us the sacraments, because it's through them that we become members of the great sacrament that is the mystical body of Christ and that continues to be present in this world as a sign of his grace in the church. And so to receive this new life in Christ, we must first die to our former way of life. We have to die to ourself and rise again as a new creation in Christ. And that's baptism, which some of you will receive tonight. It's a death and it's a rebirth. And then having been born again, we receive a new identity. We're anointed with sacred oil. The word Christ, it's Greek for anointed one. In Hebrew, that word is Messiah. Now that you're united in Christ's body, you also have to share in Christ's spirit because a body without a spirit is dead. And so the Holy Spirit descends upon us and animates us with God's love. And this happens your confirmation when you are anointed you become a Christ and you receive your share in his spirit and then finally as members of that mystical body of Christ you're now nourished on Christ's body and blood in the Eucharist you are part of Christ's body and by receiving the Eucharist Christ's body then becomes part of you you are within the body and the body is within you. There's a, a theological term to describe when one person dwells within another while simultaneously that person dwells within them. It's called mutual indwelling, and it's only used to describe the life of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all sharing in that one divine life, mutually dwelling within one another for all of eternity. That's the divine life of God. It's a life of perfect love. And that's the life that he invites you to share in through the sacraments. But the sacraments are not magic. They don't bear their fruit automatically. They're efficacious signs, which means that they truly do bestow that grace that God wants to give us when we receive them. But whether that grace bears fruit in our lives is up to us. For us to accept God's invitation to share in that life of love that he offers us, we have to answer with love. We have to open up our hearts to him willingly because God's not going to force us to share in his life if that's not what we want. He gives himself to us freely, but only to the extent that we're open to receive him. See, unlike God, you and I are not perfect in our love. I can say for certainty, all of you sitting here right now want to give yourselves to God, 
And I can also say with equal certainty, all of you right now are holding a little bit of yourself back from them because it's scary to give yourself fully to God that way. We're not perfect in our love. And until our conversion is complete, and I'm counting myself among that, guys, until our conversion is complete, there will be parts of ourselves that will love the things of this world more than the things of God. There will be parts of ourselves that will love our own comfort and our own pride more than we love God. And that's why the Christian life is a pilgrimage. It's a journey of ongoing conversion that does not end tonight when you receive the sacraments. It just begins. It's a journey of ongoing conversion away from selfishness and away from pride and toward that life of love until the end of that pilgrimage finally brings us to the fullness of that union with God. It's a long journey for most of us. And sometimes we might get lost for a little while and we might stumble on the path. But our Lord who loves us so much that he died for us doesn't leave us without a remedy. He makes his mercy freely available to all of us in the sacrament of reconciliation or confession as we usually call it. Our sins can become too heavy for us to bear and we might feel that we can't travel any further along the path to holiness while carrying them. So we bring them to confession, to that blessed place of mercy, and we give that burden to the Lord who will carry it for us. This is why those of you who are already baptized will first celebrate the sacrament of reconciliation before you're confirmed this evening and receive the Eucharist. So that no sin will stand in the way of that grace that God wants to offer you in the sacraments tonight. And it's why I encourage all of you, all of you, to make a regular habit of going to confession. Don't wait until your sins become too heavy to bear. Don't let them hinder you on your journey to God. As soon as you stumble and fall, reach up and take God's hand. Let him help you up. Don't carry that sin one step further than you have to. This evening, the Holy Spirit will descend upon you and you'll become fully initiated members of the body of Christ. He longs to make his home within you. So prepare a place for him in your heart. Prepare your soul to welcome so great a guest. That's why I wanted to give you, and Father Coleman wanted to give you this time of quiet prayer this afternoon to allow you to do that before we enter into all the excitement and the hubbub of this evening's celebrations. The sacraments that you will receive are not empty rituals. They're channels of grace. They're fountains through which God pours his life out upon us. And if you receive these gifts knowingly, and willingly, and continue to cooperate with God's grace by living that life of prayer, of love, compassion, and mercy. And the grace you receive today will most certainly bear for you the fruit of eternal life.